Good morning, everyone, and welcome to church. We are so happy you guys are joining us. Um, I want you to go ahead and take a moment real quick. There should be a share button if you're watching on Facebook. Go ahead and take a moment and share the link so you can invite people to join us this morning and do church together. Um, we encourage you to do that, or even during the week. If you can't do it right now, you can't think of someone to tag on the spot. Sorry, I put you on the spot. Um, just during the week, keep that in mind so you can share share the message along. But before we go on to worship together, would you just take a moment to greet each other and say good morning in the chat. Uh, make sure you have your coffee ready, a journal, and your Bible so you can write some notes down. Have you ever seen an abandoned house? Just all overgrown with weeds and plants. Paint is falling off. The inside rooms look deserted. Dust and dirt everywhere from neglect. Trash all over. Curtains are nasty and torn. This is how our spirit looks when we lose faith. We need to be honest with ourselves and have a faith check. If your spirit feels like that abandoned house, it's time to find your faith. This entire sermon series, Faith Check, is a Holy Spirit-led series on faith through the book of Jeremiah. We're starting off our series with finding faith. So go ahead and start turning to Jeremiah chapter 13 right now. I love this prophet because not only is he direct and he's, he's easy to understand and he really makes sense about faith, God speaks to him through images and pictures. And I absolutely love that. I just resonate with that completely. And so in Jeremiah chapter 13, he starts off by God telling Jeremiah about this belt to go and get. So let's dive in. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 1. Thus the Lord said to me, go and buy yourself a linen waistband because you need to look good while being a prophet. I'm just kidding. I added that last part in and put it around your waist, but do not put it in water. So I bought the waistband in accordance with the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, take the waistband that you have bought, which is around your waist and arise, go to the Euphrates and hide in the, hide it in there in a crevice in the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord had commanded me. After many days, the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the waistband which I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates and dug, and I took the waistband from the place where I had hidden it, and lo, the waistband was ruined. It was totally worthless. So we have these direct images that relate to faith to our relationship with Jesus. And in case we're unclear, I want to I want to go through a few of those right now. Jeremiah in this image. So you have Jeremiah puts on a belt, goes to the Euphrates. Jeremiah represents Jesus. See this this waistband, it said that's made out of linen. Only priests wore linen waistbands. So where God is speaking to Jeremiah in this moment, He's actually setting up the image of the high priest, which is Jesus. And so God's, God starts out this whole illustration by embodying who Jeremiah is to be like Jesus and saying, I want you to wear this belt, travel with the belt. The belt is clean, it's pure, it doesn't get dirty, it doesn't get soiled, it doesn't get wet. And then at one point, the belt is now off of Jesus and in a rock next to the Euphrates. So the second imagery we have here is Jeremiah is Jesus in this picture, this image from God. 
And then you have the belt. And we learn that it's this linen waistband. It's, it's this belt that priests would wear. And the imagery here is, is amazing. So the belt actually represents humanity. It's us. So I'm the belt, you're the belt, we're, we're all the belt, right, in this, in this picture. And the interesting thing is, it says when the belt is wrapped around and clung onto the priest, it's perfect, it's blameless, it's holy, it's, it's sinless. And it's the image of God saying, as long as you are holding on to Jesus, as long as Jesus is the center of your life, when you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you cling on to Jesus and you are blameless and righteous. And it goes so much deeper than that. See, the priest wore that linen belt saying, look, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm a priest, I am sinless before God. And it's this adornment, it's this extra piece, right? And so Jesus is wearing it. He's saying, I wear humanity, who was sinless, who was imperfect, who was unrighteous, and because I wear it, it's now righteous. And it's symbolically Jesus saying, I adorn you as my righteous garment, as my righteous outward, so the enemy can look in and see and try to accuse us because that's his name, his accuser saying, you're dirty, you're, you're at fault, you're all this, you're blah, 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 you know? And God's saying, I adorn you and who's connected to me is righteous and sinless and blameless. And it's that whole grace picture of saying, God, you've already chosen me, but I accept that choice and I want to cling on to you. And then something happens. See, where the belt was clinging on to Jesus in this picture, at one point, the belt is no longer on Jesus. It's actually in a rock. It's, it's tucked away at the Euphrates River. The third picture is Euphrates. That's the third symbol, Euphrates. This is actually the symbol of behind enemy lines. So Jesus is wearing us and we're perfect and blameless no matter where he goes. As long as we're connected to Jesus, we're sinless and blameless. And then he travels into enemy territory, the Euphrates. See, it represents almost like the earth, if you will. And so when we're connected to Jesus and he's the center of our life, we're blameless, we're pure, we're everything. And then at one point, the belt leaves Jesus and just gets covered in, in dirt and muck and all this. And it's, it's separate from Jesus. And that's what's going on here. This imagery of, do we have the faith? Are we connected to Jesus? Or are we just allowing ourselves to be lost behind enemy lines, filled with sin? And and if, if we want to take this a step further of what does our faith have to do with this? If we represent the belt, where's our faith? What does that look like? The faith, if you will, is the clasp or the knot or the clip. It's the thing that holds us onto Jesus. Without faith, we we fall down we we fall we're gone if we don't have faith in jesus we are not connected to jesus and that's the image we have here i love how how the bible further describes what faith is in the new testament hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen 
And then James 2 verse 26 says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So we have these two concepts mixed together of it's this this longing, this assurance for things hoped for. But it's also this tangible, actionable item saying we got to work for it. We got to work for our faith. It's not just, hey, I got faith. I'm done. I'm good to go. You know what? I raised my hand once at a camp and I'm done with this faith thing. I know I'm going to heaven and I'm going to peace out and just be comfortable in my life forever. That's kind of not what's happening here. So in, in this whole sermon series, Faith Check, we're really checking our faith. We're trying to stretch it, grow it, see where we're at. You know, really audit our faith yeah. and grow in it. And that's, that's what the book of Jeremiah is all about because he addresses God's chosen people's faith. And he calls them to wrestle with their faith, to audit their faith, to grow in their faith, to say, listen, you were called to be like my belt and your faith is meant to cling on to me, but instead you have chosen to not accept me as the center of your universe. And now you have decided to fall behind enemy lines and just live your life out there. You have chosen to no longer be part of me and you have separated yourself out. And this, that's this dangerous place to be because it describes his belt as just being eaten away. And it's that image of the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I, I feel like the enemy does it very subtly, sneakily, and slowly. Just as that belt took time to rot away, so does the enemy try mm-hmm. with our faith. Just over time, pick and pick and pick until our, our faith slowly falls away. And that's, that's the image of what's happening here. We need to hold on to God. And like our faith is that belt or that clasp or that, that little uh, hook that holds the belt up, that's where our faith is. Are you able to keep your faith up well, while behind enemy lines? Or do you fail? You know, when everything's easy, it's easy to have faith. All right, everything's good. I'm good with Jesus. I'm good with my life. My job's good. Everything's good. It's easy to have faith. But when things move beyond enemy lines, are you still able to have faith? Or do you start failing? That's, that's what I really want us to get a hold of this sermon series, is that we are intentionally growing our faith so nothing will shake. We have unquestionable faith throughout this series because we need to build on it. Everywhere we're going as, as a group, as a community, as a church, we need good faith. We need strong faith. We need foundational faith. We stay strong while holding on to Jesus, but fail when we let go. Speaking of failure, do you remember Blockbuster Video? Do you remember Blockbuster? Were you a Blockbuster person or a Hollywood Video kind of person? I don't remember, but we'd have date nights going. Date nights, yeah. Going to one, one of those. <laughs> there, there is like the best. All right, do you remember? You remember Friday nights? 
Like where you go, you, you pick out a couple movies, and then you go, you go back home, and then you take those movies, and you put it on, and you're watching, and maybe you get some popcorn, and then you're just sharing this movie with someone you love. There was nothing better. So why did Blockbuster fail? I mean, in honesty, what's crazy is movie rentals and TV binge watching has only increased. It's only gone up. It's only trended upwards. How do they fail? Because they, they hunkered down and they just bit onto their delivery system. They did not want to adapt to where the world was going. And, and the, the crazy thing is, where the world is going right now, everything has shifted. Everything has changed. And I want to ask you, do you have a blockbuster faith? Do you have a faith system that's built on old methods that are phasing out right now? Or are you adapting with Jesus and moving forward? See, where, where we're at right now, the entire climate of the world is changing. And there are so many believers who have halted their advancement in faith because they are holding out that things go back to the way they used to be. And that's not the case. The world is adapting, the world is changing, and we need to move forward. Jesus is moving into the 21st century, and we need to hold on to him like that belt. Wherever he goes, we need to go. Do not pause your faith growth because you do not like the environment you're in. That is what Blockbuster failed at doing. They, they paused and said, no, the world will come back. The world will rent again. The world wants VHS tapes one more time. No, we don't. See, we have adapted forward. And Blockbuster failed because they refused to adapt forward also. As a believer, as, as your pastor preaching right now, I want to encourage you to advance forward. Adapt forward. Can, can, just um, one, more, one more picture on Blockbuster. I was thinking about the whole uh, image of it and, and all the perspectives that were going on with Blockbuster. Like who was impacted, what happened. And my mind landed on the kids of the owners. Like all the CEO children and, and the, all the high exec children and kids and all that. See, Blockbuster was at the height of the world for, for entertainment. And these kids had 100% secured finances, homes, inheritance, you name it. They were set for life. They had any job they wanted within the Blockbuster universe, right? They didn't have to try because they had this inheritance, but because their parents refused to adapt, mm. they lost their inheritance. Mm. My question is, are you refusing to adapt in this world with your faith, and as a result, giving your child a dead inheritance? What we need to do is not just if we're, you know, childless or have children or have spiritual children or whoever we're mentoring, we need to make sure that whoever we're passing our faith on to is a true and good inheritance. Yes. I'm telling you, if you're a parent right now, 
and you have halted and you're like, oh, we're going to wait. We're going to hold out for this and we're going to do this. And we're just putting our life on hold. We're not going to worry about faith. We're going to we'll wait until everything goes back to the way it was. You are teaching your children that when times get hard, they don't need to trust into Jesus. That's, that is a dead inheritance. Let's step it up and adapt to what God is calling us to do. We need to have the faith that can move mountains. We need to have the faith that will stand the test of times. We need to have the faith that when Jesus leads us into enemy territory, because we're supposed to be capturing and infiltrating and doing things, that we don't let go because times get tough. Jesus leads us into enemy territory because we're supposed to be doing stuff. Not just that we have tough times and we give up and we end up in a rock and then waste away like the belt. We're called for more. Jesus is moving forward. Are you clinging on to him or hiding in the rocks, waiting on things to return? So one thing that we're doing, we've, we've implemented to our church, uh, is we do life in the comments. Let's, let's see our, our voices, see our names, comment down below in just a moment. But the, the question today that I want you to answer is, and then start replying to other people's, is this. What are some ways you are moving forward in your faith? What are ways you are moving forward in your faith? I want us to encourage each other, give out ways, give suggestions. How are we adapting forward so that we're not just waiting for things to get back to normal, but we're progressing right now? I don't want to be like Blockbuster, and I know you don't want to be either. So let's give some insights and, and some hope and encouragement. What are ways, what are ways you are moving forward in your faith? You got two minutes. Welcome back. God precisely explains why his people have failed moving forward, have failed to adapt in their faith in verses 8 through 11, in, in Jeremiah 13, 8 through 11. Let's look at these and then do the opposite. Okay, we're going to find out why God says these are all the reasons why they failed. And we can look at that and we can say, I'm going to do exactly the opposite of that to move forward in my faith. So let's jump in. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, thus says the Lord, just so I will destroy the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem, This wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who walk in the stubbornness of their hearts and have gone after gods to serve them and bow down to them, let them be just like this waistband, which is totally worthless. For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole household of Israel and whole household of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord. That they might be for me a people, for renown, for praise, and for glory. But they did not listen. Man, there are some brilliant things going on in this scripture of what not to do. So again, let's look at doing the opposite. So that we can have this amazing faith. That we don't end up like this blockbuster faith. We don't end up like this waistband. But we move forward. We adapt. We progress. We need to be everything we can be that God's calling us to do with this faith. So how do we find faith to fully connect to to Jesus? 
The first thing is they refused to listen to my words. I don't know about you, but I, I remember when I was younger, I, I had a problem reading my Bible. It, it was hard. It was long. Like it just, I didn't get a lot out of it. It was just difficult. I think a lot of people fall in that same boat. Number one, listen to his words. Listen to his words. Are you reading the Bible to check your list or to check your heart? A lot of times I was reading my Bible to just check off a list. Just say, I did it. I'm done. I'm good. Look at me. I'm a great, amazing Christian. Like, that's, that's the extent of how I would read my Bible when I was younger. I was checking off a list. But in reality, I need to be checking my heart. Listen to the words. There is a major difference between listening to the Bible and reading the Bible. We need to listen to the Bible because God is speaking to us. We need to take it in. It needs to change our lives. If you read the Bible and you don't feel encouraged, empowered, convicted, something is wrong, read it again and again. I'm a firm believer in quality over quantity. Don't make it about, oh, I need to read 72 chapters today and you get nothing out of it. Make it about, I'm going to read till God speaks. And then I'm going to meditate on that all day. I love reading, reading, and then as soon as I hit a verse that God impacts me, I just sit on it, and I read it, and I read it again. Then I want to look up what that word means in the Greek or the Hebrew. And then I want to meditate on it. And then I want to think about, well, how am I going to impact my life with this? What am I going to do in my life to be different and be changed and impacted? See, our faith cannot grow if we're not listening to his word. And then the next one, it says, they walk in stubbornness of their hearts. So they are taking action steps to further their hard hearts. They are doing next steps in their lives. But in reality, it's just making them more stubborn. Number two, take godly next steps. We talk about next steps a lot at our church. That's one of our core values is that we will always take next steps in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus. It's next steps. What am I doing next? How am I growing? What am I furthering my relationship with Jesus today to do? And these people were taking next steps out of their own comfort to further their business, to to grow financially, to grow in whatever. They weren't taking next steps to further their relationship with God. And that, that was their issue. Is they, were, they had faith in a sense, but no works connected to it. Their works were connected to their own comfortable lifestyle. And they missed it completely. Jerusalem found themselves in this predicament because they chose to hold on to what they wanted instead of what God wanted for them. So if you imagine yourself as that belt, are you wrapped around God saying, this is what I want? It's you, Jesus. Or have you decided to wrap your life around something else or someone else? 
-hmm. And that's what it's getting at here. God's saying they have connected themselves to, to something else. They are taking next steps to further their relationship to that thing, that idol, that person, whatever it is that's not me. And, and I, I would go out on a limb saying every person in Jerusalem had something different, just like everyone watching today probably has something different that is drawing their attention away from God. Number three, God says, have gone after other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. Number three, relationship with Jesus. In order to find faith, it really boils down to this, right? Listen to the Bible, connect on to Jesus and develop our relationship with him. It's really interesting because I think the, the thing that we miss out on a lot on of when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land, it's easy to forget this and it's easy to not know the scripture very well. But God says, bring them out of Egypt to worship me here. That's the first thing that God says, I'm, I'm delivering them to worship me. And it's easy to think, oh, God brought them out for the promised land. No, he actually brought them out for the promiser, but he just loves them so much, he gave them the land too. Mm-hmm. Our core responsibility, our core focus, everything that we are designed to is to love our God and to have a relationship with him. Do you feel like your spirit is like that abandoned house, just empty? Like your spiritual walk just feels like the paint's chipping, there's dust everywhere, dishes are all over the place, it's just chaos inside? I want to challenge you. It's because you haven't found your faith yet. Or maybe you have, and you haven't developed it. Faith takes work takes time it's hard but we need to have it and we need to grow in it that's what this whole sermon series is all about it's to move forward in our faith to stretch it grow it make jesus the center of our lives more and more every single day so your next step today is to let go of old ways and hold on to jesus Let go of old ways and hold on to Jesus. Now, I would like to leave that kind of obscure so we can all figure out what that looks like to us, but let me define it a little bit more. We mentioned Blockbuster, right? They wouldn't let go of their tradition, and because of that, they failed. What traditions, what things are you holding on to that will go back to normal So it's preventing your growth right now. And I want you to hear my heart. Have you stopped worshiping because worship to you is only inside of a building with instruments and musicians and a light show and all this other stuff? Because I assure you, that's not the heart of worship. People didn't have that three, four, five hundred years ago. Right? It's our heart. 
What are some things that you have? Have you stopped worshiping God because the method of worship is unavailable to you right now? Maybe that's God speaking to you saying, I need you to worship me, not just Sunday morning. I need you to worship me daily because without worship, you have no weapon. Have you gotten into a rut where you think that church is only church if you're Sunday morning and because you don't see a face and you don't have a hug, it doesn't count. It doesn't work. This online stuff isn't working for me. I think COVID is honestly one of the biggest blessings that God could have given in the 21st century. It's devastating. It's deadly. I understand. I need you to hear my heart. God is retraining us and reteaching us to understand what faith is, what worship is, what church is. It's all about Jesus. And when it becomes anything else or any distraction or anything else, we can be led astray and we can think, oh, it's this and that and, and it can be confusing and or whatever. I want you to identify your next step. What is something you need to let go of? Because it's preventing you from having a true, genuine faith in Jesus. Saying, you know what, God? I'm letting go of this. Maybe it's a sin thing that you need to let go of. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a method or tradition or whatever it is you need to let go. Your next step, identify it and let it go. Just like that waistband hidden in the rock. Whatever that rock is, I want you to visually picture it and say, I'm leaving this behind because it's just a rock. Jesus is who I cling on to. It is who I hold on to no matter what. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for just divine revelation this week. As we're sitting here and it it might be, we might get offended. We might be hurt. We might be whatever it might be. But I pray that we would hear your true heart and understand that at the core of everything, of every method, of everything that isn't you, we could move forward with. Lord, we are called to wrap around you. We are called to be connected to you. We are called to have relationship with you. And if if we get distracted by a method, God, I pray that we would realize that. Let go of it. Because ultimately, it's about you, Jesus. It doesn't matter where we're sitting where we're looking. It's all about you. Remind us of that this week. And let us let go of the stones that are trying to weigh us down in enemy territory. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. As we spent that time in worship, um, I just had a word from the Lord for for someone or everyone. Um, And it was really, you were talking about the Israelites being in Egypt. And... You know, it's all fine and dandy. You could still, they could still worship when they were in Egypt. That was okay, but they were still enslaved. So really, the Lord just wants you to know you need to leave your Egypt. Leave mm. what's keeping you held back. That's good. Leave that bondage. Leave it behind. Because even though you can still worship in that, and please do, but know that you have that freedom and the authority that the Lord has given you to leave it behind. Because only moving forward into that full, complete freedom Will you be able to worship the Lord and live that life completely free, just as the Lord intended? So please, 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 just, just leave Egypt behind. <laughs> you know your, um, the things that are holding you back, that are holding you under that bondage. We, we want to see you leave them behind, yeah. um, and it'll be so good when you do. 
Um, next, I just wanted to uh, lead us in our time of tithe and offering. You can go ahead and go to lighthouse805.com and go to our giving page and give there and as well as uh, give to our children's ministry fund. And we have exciting news about that. We are starting our uh, remodeling, I guess, what, phase, pre-phase one. (laughs) And we need your help. If you are able to, we need to move things from our children's building into the main church so we can clear out that building and get, you know, get it prepped for work. We will be adhering to um, distancing rules and mask wearing and all of that to keep everybody safe. Um, But if you can come help, we would love that. So go ahead and just let us know if you can do that. We can set up a time with you to do that. Um, And next, we have communion coming up, our, our corporate church communion to do together will be next Wednesday, August. Wait, this Wednesday. It's like three days. It's in three days. <laughs> I thought I had more time. Um, it's in three days. We're having communion together. Message us at info at lighthouse805.com to get the uh, code, the Zoom code, so you can jump on in and we can have communion together. Oh, I'm so excited. It's even closer than I thought. Um, I'm so excited to see you all in there. So that'll be fun and exciting. And then, let's see, do we have any other announcements? We have, um, we're going to be having a women's art night again. We've we've been needing one for a while, and it's so great because it lands on National Women's Day. Um, so ladies, we will be having an art night together, uh, and I always look forward to those because we always get some good stuff out of that. Some good laughs, some good tips, <laughs> and everything in between. So I'm looking forward to that, and we will be getting that info out to you soon as well. And then finally, our kids' loot boxes have been making their way out to all your children. And so if you've gotten them, don't forget to take a picture and tag us on social media. Um, We've already been tagged a couple times, and it's so fun to see those kids' faces, their their reactions. And they're just so pure of... um, just that excitement, you know, it's just, it really blesses us to see those videos. So thank you if you've been tagging, um, and sharing that, that, uh, reaction with us. It's always just so fun to see your kids' faces light up. We love them and miss them so much. Um, and that's it for this morning. Make sure you have a wonderful Sunday morning. Um, enjoy your time with your family and your loved ones. Make some phone calls and tell people you're thinking about them. Pray for them, pray with them, and let's just do life together this week. Love you guys.